Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. One of the interesting byproducts of serving in leadership positions is conversations that you have with people about their concerns. The most common experiences with people that you don't even know that have complaints to share. But every once in a while, it's people that you know a lot better that bring these concerns forward as well. And that's when those conversations can get really interesting sometimes. This has certainly already been true in my short tenure on the school board, but it was also true back on my time at the board at Wittenberg and before that when I served on the church council for our denomination, the ELCA. So it was about 20 years ago that I had one of the more memorable of these conversations while I was chair of the committee on the church council where the Lutheran magazine, our denomination's magazine, fell underneath that committee that I was responsible for. And there was an, an article in the magazine right around this time of year about the desert images that we have during the Lenten season. And one of my professors from seminary, well, probably the most influential professor I had there, Walter Bowman, who taught systematic theology, called because he did not like the article that was in the Lutheran that month. And he didn't like that the article was suggesting the point that the desert images that we have are places where we go to discover God. Whether it's a physical place or a place deep in our hearts, if we search hard enough, we can find God there was the point he felt the article was making. And he was making the point that it's this kind of theology that drove Luther to despair. What rescued him was realizing that he could not find God this way, nor did he need to because Christ came to him through the Word and through the sacraments. Luther didn't need to go and find God because God had come to find him. And God was continually coming to him in the gifts of the meal through his baptism and through the Word. In fact, the experience of Christ in the wilderness makes ironic the suggestion that the answers to our redemption are somewhere out there for our self-discovery. Because this was precisely the kind of thinking that Jesus resisted in the wilderness. As my professor said, Jesus overcame the assaults of sin, death, and devil in the wilderness, the temptation to run from the cross. Jesus knew there was no way to outsmart or outthink his need to die on the cross. It's precisely because he went to the cross that Jesus is the only grounds of grace and life. The desert does not redeem. Only Christ's death and resurrection redeems. So the desert and Lent is never a place where we go to somehow earn our way into Christ's favor. Instead, it's a place where we go to discover that we can never earn God's favor. We go to the wilderness to discover just how much we need God. 
that we can never do it ourselves, and that God never intended us to do so. God has given us the gift of grace in Christ Jesus, and we go to the wilderness to admit that we need this gift. But I think there's even more to mine out of the wilderness. For while we may discover in the wilderness our need for Christ to save us and realize consequently that he already has, this realization does not remove us from the wilderness experience. It is a reality in our lives. It's a place where our fears lie. It's the place where we are not in control, where we don't have all of the answers, where we struggle to even formulate answers. The wilderness is a dark and unpredictable place, and consequently, we try to avoid it at all costs. But if we have accepted what the wilderness first teaches us, that like Noah in the flood, God in our baptism delivers us from the chaos, from the powers of sin, death, and the devil, if we believe this, then the wilderness is not something that we must fear. By trusting in our baptism, we can voluntarily step into the unknown. We can go down those paths of faith, faith winding through the wilderness where we cannot see the way, but we always know the ending. You see, this is why Jesus went through the wilderness and through death in the first place. The Scriptures tell us that Jesus has gone before us. God has already led Jesus through the wilderness and even through death so that these dark powers may no longer hold sway over us. God calls us into a life in Christ so that we may not be bound up by our fears, but rather seek the truth that breaks through pain and fear, and that is where the kingdom of God lies. I think the experience of South Africans is one of the poignant examples of this in the last hundred years. After the end of apartheid, it was certainly tempting to even the score on the part of the oppressed as they faced their oppressors. Either quickly dole out eye for an eye justice or simply bury the hate and repression because it's too ugly, too volatile to look at. But the South Africans chose another approach. They established the Truth and Reconciliation Commission whereby the truth had to shine through. There was not to be retaliation or retribution, simply telling the truth. The sentence for crimes of hate and oppression is telling the truth and finding a way as a nation and as a culture to move forward through this truth. They did not and still not, do not know exactly where this grand experiment will end up leading them. It's often painful and nearly unbearable truth, but it's also their best attempt to follow Jesus through the wilderness and to come closer to the kingdom of God as it breaks in among us here. And the point, of course, as we think about our theme for this week, is that they had a choice. 
They had a choice, and they chose a path that by many conventional definitions would seem wrong. But when viewed through the lens of their identity and their connection to God's mission in the world, it was the only path for them. We begin a Lenten journey today called The Choices We Make. And it all flows from this experience of Jesus in the wilderness where he experiences the temptations of appetite, ambition, and approval. They mirror the temptations that the Israelites faced in the wilderness, and they failed all three. They gave in to their physical hunger. They questioned God and sought their own way. And when they questioned God's approval of them, they turned to other gods. Jesus instead passes through each of these temptations because he viewed them through the filter of, of his identity and his mission. And in our journey for this year, we essentially posit the question, what would our choices look like if we viewed them all through the same filters as Jesus, our identity and our participation in God's mission in the world. First of all, will we look at the wilderness as a place to fear and a place to escape? Or will we trust our identity? Will we trust in this identity in order to be fully present and look for the opportunities that lie within places of fear and the unknown? And then in terms of God's mission, will we look at the conventional wisdom of this world, and will we instead think of God's mission and God's wisdom that can help us to see situations differently, all with the goal of joining Jesus in restoring the world with grace and peace? Fear and insecurity certainly can guide us and often do. But these powerful forces lead us towards particular conclusions that often do not reflect God's way. But we have choices. We can choose differently. And God's mission is calling us to precisely this. If we choose to trust God, if we choose to trust in God's wisdom instead of our own, if we choose these things, then the whole world starts to look differently. My theology professor had it right. So much of modern Christianity got wrapped up in this singular decision theology. Will we choose Jesus to guarantee our eternal salvation? And it fits into our individualistic culture, and we can read passages like the one we had from Romans for today and fit it into this narrative. The only choice that matters according to this narrative is choosing Jesus, and that's all that there is that we really have to worry about. But this narrative wraps so much of the rest of the story, it warps so much of the rest of this story, and while we can read passages like Romans for today and make it fit this narrative, the overwhelming narrative of the Gospels and even the book of Romans from which it comes what really says it differently. The choice of salvation is not ours for God, it is God for us. 
And consequently, then, the goal of the wilderness is not finding God. Instead, it's discerning what the God of love, grace, and forgiveness is calling us to do in the midst of a world that trusts a different narrative. So where is the path towards God's kingdom vision of love, inclusion, and healing for all leading us? We have choices to make. Not about the fact of God's salvation, but rather how we come alongside of this salvation emerging in the wilderness of this world as we represent Jesus in the midst of this world. So join us in this journey of examining our choices and discerning together where this path will take us next as we join Jesus in this mission of love and healing in this world. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.